Welcome to the 33rd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio magazine podcast. Ear to the Ground features interviews and field reports related to sustainable agriculture, family farming, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm your host, Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. 2007 is the 10th anniversary of the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings Program. This initiative provides first-hand training in low-cost, sustainable methods of farming. Farm Beginnings participants learn goal-setting, financial planning, business plan creation, alternative marketing, and innovative production techniques. The key to the program's success is that it is community-based, with classes being taught by local, established farmers and other agricultural professionals from the area. The course was originally launched in southeast Minnesota and later expanded to other parts of the state. In 2005, Farm Beginnings was extended to Illinois and Nebraska. Beginning the fall of 2007, Farm Beginnings classes will be held in North Dakota. During the past decade, over 300 people have graduated from the Minnesota Region Farm Beginnings program, and 60% of them are actively farming. These grads represent a variety of farming enterprises. Livestock, vegetables, grains, specialty products, you name it. Two of those 300 graduates are Roger and Michelle Benrood, who, after graduating from college, enrolled in the very first Farm Beginnings class offered. A decade later, the Benroods, who are now in their mid-30s, milk around 100 cows near Goodhue in southeast Minnesota. They use a grass-based system called managed rotational grazing to keep costs down, improve animal health, and protect the environment. This system has also allowed the Benroots to become certified organic and tap into a specialty food market through a small cheese and butter cooperative called Pastureland. They feel the farm is on sound financial footing and is providing a good quality of life for them and their two children, Emily, age 7, and Calvin, who is 2. Their neighbors, though skeptical at first that anyone could get a viable farming operation started these days, are beginning to recognize the positive role young farmers like the Benroots can play in the community. In 2006, they were named the Goodhue County Farm Family of the Year. Not every day on the farm is a bucolic paradise, of course, but the Benroods are making a go of it at a time when the conventional wisdom is that there is no future for family farms. On a recent spring morning, they took a break from farm work to talk to me about their operation, how farm beginnings have served them over the years, and where they are at in the process of meeting their goals. We started out talking about why they chose managed rotational grazing as a milk production system. Well, it wasn't any one thing, I guess. It was, I guess, kind of a, a conservation ethic, soil, soil conservation. You know, it, it's argued that it's more efficient to have those animals harvesting uh, the, the feed instead of, you know, using machinery to do it. But the trade-off on that is we do get, and especially with our um, experimenting with without feeding grain in the summertime, we, we get quite a bit less production per cow, and that's part of why we run more cows. We do have smaller cows, too, which is another reason. What got us into Farm Beginnings was actually answering an ad in the paper that was looking for dairy farmers in southeast Minnesota, and kind of a vague ad, and... It it got us in the door, and we had already been involved a little bit in grazing just through seeing it in magazines and with uh, some S- local SFA chapter meetings. Uh-huh. And, and we had we had bought some beef cows too. I think shortly after you were out of college, we had purchased some beef cows, and there was some permanent pasture here. 
on on his home place that we grazed our beef cows on and we set up little paddocks for the you know 10 beef cows we had and right. started doing some rotational grazing with them and through farm beginnings or during that time we were looking at different ways we could run 260 acres and make a full-time living out of it for the both of us because yeah. that was kind of our goal is that we both wanted to be involved with it and we looked at everything from you know direct marketing beef and poultry and that type of thing to grapes what else milking did? goats just about anything you can think of except probably serious vegetable gardening i guess we didn't yeah we never really much. entertained that um but up... i grew up on a dairy farm and so i did have some dairy farming background and with him working on the dairy farm you know he was learning more about that and I, I grew up around dairy too uh, my cousin's dad you know spent some time at their places a lot of my friends did so when i went to their house I, you know we'd spend time in the barn yeah. and as we ran you know financial numbers with all of these different enterprises we looked at it always came back that dairy would pay the bills a lot better than anything else if you were willing to put in the labor and be there twice a day to milk and right. and so eventually we decided that yeah we we wanted to give a give it a go when we started the grazing was being billed as and, and probably is a, a lower cost method of getting started we milk in a barn that hadn't previously been milked in since the 1940s um, we don't own the land we rent it from Roger's parents we couldn't get financing to put up a big barn to dairy in um, if we wanted to dairy farm here on his home farm we had to find a way to do it given the given the parameters that were around us and the grazing was a good way to do it we could easily build fence on the land and plant grass seed and, and convert that old barn into a milking parlor um, rather than needing to put up buildings and, and manure pits and things like that and as we've gone along organics become a part of it for us after we farmed three years um, just as grass farmers we realized that hey we're doing things pretty much organically let's seek that certification as well and, and get some premium money for our milk um, and as time has gone on I think conservation and environmental things have become more and more important as we look at how we farm a lot of times we make decisions we make decisions with um, thinking about the implications to the environment more necessarily than to our pocketbook and yeah. and you know sometimes that's hurt us maybe a little bit financially, but we feel we're doing the right thing with the land that we've been given. Looking back uh, on that farm gains course you took a decade ago, uh, what do you feel you ultimately got out of it? What has really stuck with you? Well, we, I think we said for a long time, it, it probably still is, if you think about how we met a lot of these people, the networking is probably the, the number one thing, uh, but also the I guess you'd call it basic holistic management training, you know, on, uh -huh. on goal setting and and questioning things, I, I guess. Uh, I, I do find myself kind of forgetting how, you know, as time has passed, the saying that networking was the big thing doesn't really jump out at me because I've I've kind of forgotten how, well, I met this person through this person. Well... Yeah, but a if, lot you, of it if you go back, back that yeah. chain far enough, right. it's somebody we met through Farm Beginnings a lot of times, you know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people that we've, you know, that are in, you know, a 60-mile radius here that we can, you know, or when we started we can call on with questions or that, you know, came to a Farm Beginnings class and spoke or we went to their farm for a tour, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we still network with a lot of them today through grazing groups and, you know, other types of things. I guess you could 
kind of do the six degrees of grazing or something yeah. like you know <laughs> but yeah the, the goal setting also was a big part of it and i always tell karen statler that oh i hate that and I, you know and she says the class is going through that 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 oh that was the worst part of the whole thing because it made us sit down and talk to each other and put it on paper which is which is a scary thing because if you put your goals down it's easy to realize easier to realize if you don't meet them um you know and and we don't do it as often as we should and we don't do it formally necessarily always but roger and i still you know very often will talk about and go back to know you know what is it that we actually want and and where are we going rather you know and some of that like i mentioned was comes through with how we make our decisions you know it we try to take into the environmental aspects or the, you know, the, how does it affect other people, be, you know, being his folks or the, you know, the people that we're involved with through pasture land or whatever it is, you know, how does it affect more than just us? And a lot of that goes back to HM or the goal setting. Yeah. Farm Beginnings also kind of got your operation off the ground through an interest-free interest revolving livestock loan that Heifer International helped LSP provide. How important was that? But that was very important to help us get started because being able to get those animals helped us be able to finance other animals because once you've got a milk check you can you know people are more willing to talk to you but getting those first 15 there is you know that was hard for us or before we had that secured it was harder it also helped we we got some financing through my my folks to uh they we were fortunate that they had money they were looking to invest i had taken my dad around to uh, some farms that farmers that I had met through farm beginnings and and kind of introduced him more and more to grazing and and outwintering and some of these crazy things we do that yeah. that seemed so foreign at the time and he was he was coming around but I think uh, it really helped that that we kind of got another endorsement basically from from the heifer project loan you know that being accepted by that and having access to that many more cows uh, I think really helped him have a little bit of confidence in us and I think you know seven years later eight years later whatever it is now I think he's you know pretty confident that we're doing all right he's gotten a lot of compliments from neighbors about how the place looks nice with the cattle out there and, and things that have made him feel good I think so you originally sold through conventional markets when you got started, but now you're selling your milk through Pastureland Cooperative, which has won several national awards for its butter. Yep, there, Pastureland was formed in 1999 or 2000. Before we even had cows, we were involved with Pastureland because we knew it was something that if it got up and going, we wanted to be a part of. Um, currently at seven farms in the area spanning from, you know, New, New Prague, Prague to Altura. To Altura, yep. Southeast corner of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, we're all grass-based dairies. In summer, we graze pasture and feed nothing else, or you know maybe a little bit of dry hay if the cows want to nibble on some, but no grain. Um, and it's growing. You know our sales of our products have grown. We we have butter and cheese, and we make them only in the summer. Um, the hundred percent grass-fed has been a big part of our market too. Consumers are asking for that. They don't want grain in the the diet of their dairy. I know one thing Farm Gains provides is instruction on how to add value to what you're raising by using alternative markets such as organics, direct marketing, grass-based niches, etc. In the case of dairy farming, the class tries to get across the message that farmers who are taking extra care to produce that milk shouldn't be satisfied just to let a conventional processor pay a low price for a raw bulk commodity. 
I mean, we did that for the first three and a half years we dairied, and and but all the time we were working with, you know, we knew there, we knew that we were producing a better product, or we felt that we were producing a better product. You know, I mean, the way we graze our cows and the way our milk is is different than somebody else who feeds them, you know, stored feeds and lots of grains. And so, kind of all along, I think we knew that, you know, our product should be worth something more. So if we can join up with somebody or find something that would would pay us some premium money for that it'd be worth it and so yeah yeah. i think a lot of that came from farm beginnings from yeah i think too from hearing about people that were we might have had some people speak that were marketing different ways i don't remember some of them were organic i think at the time some of them might have just been field days we went to right to Although when we ran through the gamut of all the different things we could do from the grapes to the beef to the poultry to the whatever, the reason, another reason we chose dairy, not just to pay the bills, is that neither of us are people people. Or, you know, if <laughs> if we want to farm, I want to, I want to farm. I don't want to haul my butt to the farmer's market four days a right. week and have to talk to people. Um, neither one of us want to be out there peddling product. You know, we, we farm because we love to farm. And so, you know, pasture land has made us do some of that because it's small and been growing, but... But it's always been a little bit fearful in the back of my mind that I'm going to have to go out there and sell. I've talked to other Farm Beginnings graduates who say that one strength of the program is the classes are taught by established farmers and other ag professionals. It, it's different than a university where you, you it's all theoretical and this is how it's supposed to work. It, it is yeah. people who actually do it. The, it. It does lend a little more credibility, especially when you're talking about something that is not a mainstream type mm-hmm. way of, of doing something. It lends more credibility to it to see successful happy people that are doing that yeah. you know well, that, and that was another big part of farm beginnings is it was a it was encouragement it was you know you we network with people but rather than the people that you'd see locally that you'd mention you maybe wanted to start dairy farming and you'd get the well why do you want to do that type of question or well, you're nuts you'd get encouragement in people who were doing it and were enjoying farming and not just counting the days till they could sell the cows or you know those type of things and so the type of people that we met or that you know just it, it was encouraging and it's upbeat and it's you know i mean yeah there's still bad days when you farm but all in all this is a good way to do it and yeah. what <laughs> you tell yourself that some days yeah, Roger. Uh, some days you have to really try to Uh, grimace when you get those words out but uh you know there's something else that you asked earlier about why we like grazing and i I think it i I don't want to forget to say it is that we like the family aspect of it it's it seems i think it's there are varying degrees in any kind of farming of of risk and things but I think our situation is pretty family friendly at the risk of any uh, social workers getting on my case. We, we've sent our seven year old out to get the cows already, you know. Um, and she, it's amazing how much she knows about what's going the on. Some days it's a little annoying when she tries to give a third opinion uh, to our two opinions of what we should do with, you know, if we're discussing where to put the cows or yeah, something she told me the other day we well, should really graze this little shorter mom you're, you're giving them too much feed she said so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so there's a lot of time that we can spend together i i just the other day and and people that's something too that through i guess you know either holistic management or learning it in farm beginnings we were just talking the other day about how we could be more efficient 
if we would work separately more you know and for some people that's great but you know we were having a good time doing what we were doing mm -hmm. and and you having know, both of us work on it didn't make it go twice as fast, but it, right. it makes the the chore a lot more enjoyable right. if if there's and, and so you, there. And so you have there's give and take, and and uh, you know being the most efficient and making the most money. If if uh, it isn't any fun, then that's maybe not great either. Right. And I think I'll, even though I think in farm beginnings, a lot most of the types of operations that are presented are family friendly mm -hmm. um, you know obviously there's there's risk in in different things and and you you know if you're a vegetable uh, farmer you there's probably certain aspects of your operation you don't want to you know make your seven-year-old do too much of and right. and uh, you know we wouldn't let her work with our bulls and you know they're different things but there's a lot more um, opportunity for those kids than some uh, real big farm where highly you know, mechanized and highly mechanized and and they you know really shouldn't be around that stuff for fear of getting hurt and you told me earlier that one of your goals when you got started farming was to have the farm support both of you financially without the help of an off-farm job within five years Michelle you helped support the family right out of college by working for IBM in Rochester and I believe in 2005 you quit there, which was I think you told me two months shy of your of that five year anniversary. You've attained a pretty major milestone, one that many farm families never attain. You both work full time on the farm and are earning enough to make it financially. Looking back over the past decade, are there any other major goals that you haven't reached yet? Land ownership was something that you know we probably would have hoped going into it that we would have actually been owning some land or you know paying for some land and. The other thing I think that we would have thought we would have, or I, I know I would have thought we had by now, was um, some hired labor, some steady hired labor so that we could take more vacations. And not and that we couldn't afford that either. It's, that, it's the whole we're not people people thing. Yeah, we've, we've shied away from that because of, you know. Every time we our, talk about it, it's like, oh, it's too big of a pain. We'll just do it ourselves. Yeah, so... You know it, that it's too not is become a, a big enough priority issue. yet. You know, it's, yeah. it hasn't. It hasn't become a big enough priority yet. Yeah. I mean, there will become a day when we become sick of it enough that, you know, having someone milk three times a week for us would be nice, right. or, or whatever the case may be, and and then we'll do it. But yeah, I I envisioned by this time we would have um, you know maybe a a share milker or somebody that we could just say you know we feel like going away this weekend. You can handle it. It's only yeah. seven you know? years. I don't know that I'd say that just seven years after starting. That to me, that's like a fifteen-year goal. Okay. The share milk. Well, maybe. 10, I mean, and 10. you know, looking long term, that is one of the what goals is too. Is to be able to you know bring somebody in or help somebody else get started and and those type of things. You know. And, and we and we are now actually doing kind of a mentoring. Oh yeah, project. we are. Yeah, oh. with a, another couple that are from beginnings graduates that are interested in dairy and. Um, from the Twin Cities that don't really have any dairy background, but they came down about every third weekend all winter, and they spent a week with us this spring during our calving time, and um, they lived in the other house where Roger's folks lived. They were in Arizona yet, and um, they spent seven days, I think, six, seven days with us, mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this is continuing. They they were just here this last weekend, and I'll be here again the 9th of June, and 
so we're starting to do some of the the giving back like you know i had kind of hoped but it's not i mean we hope to continue that and maybe on a bigger scale you know too someday but yeah well and it's just different down the road between here and good in the six miles there's what three three less dairy farms than there were 10 we years started, ago when or when we milking. started and, and we were one who starts and that's a pretty yeah. it, it's you know and it wasn't like we even found some old barn that had been milked and we kind of you know started from scratch here and and so it just it's it's different and it's not happening very often and i think yeah or i think it's a good thing and i hope more people can continue <laughs> For more on Farm Beginnings, see www.farmbeginnings.org. That's www.farmbeginnings.org. Or you can call 507-523-3366. Send your comments and suggestions about this podcast to me, Brian DeVore, at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org. You can also call me at 612-729-6294. A special thank you goes out to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician who provided Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a very special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member and would like to support us, go to landstewardshipproject.org to learn how to join LSP. Thanks for listening.